Bless them, Lord. Jump on him, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't it great to be here on this Sunday morning? Great to be here. Be in the presence of the Lord. And, uh, don't ever underestimate your faith of stepping out. And it really doesn't have to hinge on if you feel anything or not. No, it makes it better to feel. The lady of issue, a man of blood, knew that she had been touched. Knew that she was healed from that moment on. But you know what? This God is so awesome. I believe in him. I'm going to trust him. As he looks down upon us this morning, he knows everything. He sees it all, both good and evil. But I'm interested in good. How about you? I believe that's what God's interested in. He's interested in the good. Man, he wants to do good things, wonderful things. I love you this morning. Appreciate you. You may be seated. God bless each one of you in the house of the Lord today. It's good to see all of you. Amen. Praise God. Good to see our guests. Jonathan, it's good to see you back in this morning. God bless you, Lord. It's good to see you. Praise God to be with us today. Give honor to the Lord. Praise to Him. Let's pray for one another. Some's out. Some's on the road coming home. and Different things going on. But uh, God sees and knows it all. So pray for those that some still battling with flu. And some battling with other things. Amen. But you know what? We know the one that wins every battle. Even the battle of death. That last enemy is going to be destroyed through our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. And it'll never, never exist again. You'll never have to fear it or face it. Amen. After that moment and after that time. I'm a, what's something to look forward to, isn't it? God bless you. Class is going back. Appreciate our Sunday school department, all of our teachers, our students. Thank God for the students. Wouldn't have no need of any teachers if we didn't have any students. So thank you, parents, for bringing your children. Thank God for these young people that's willing to come and want to hear the word of God and feel the touch of God. Allow the hand and the voice and the word of God to be interwoven into their lives and put a man's strength and energy and ability that they can't find any other place. It's only at the house of God and not just any house, but the house of God. A man where his presence can be felt, where his truths will be taught, and doctrines, doctrines that transform us, doctrines that will hold us against the winds of the adversary, false doctrines and blinding, deceiving powers of even some that will transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, but yet inwardly they are raven wolves. They've took the word of God in one means or another and twisted and distorted it. And man, make it say what they wanted to say and believe what they want to believe. But I want to believe truth. How about you? I want to experience truth, walk in it. Amen. I'm still digging. I'm still digging in the treasure book. There's <laughs> still things in there. Man, I'm still finding out and learning. And so uh, we haven't grown weary. Amen. Studying and reading the word of God. It's a continual thing. It's an everyday event. Amen. If any Holy Ghost filled child, it ought to be an everyday event. Looking into the Word of God. To, to know Him. To know the author. That's the reason He gave us the book. So that we might know Him. Man, that we could know how to be pleasing unto Him. 
just, you know, the world's in a big enough mess like it is. But I just wonder how big a mess it'd be in if it wasn't no book. <laughs> and all we had to depend on is just our own ability to reason. Our own ability to try to figure this thing out. I'm glad that God was willing to write it down. Amen. But this is a song just brought to our attention, but it's written in the tables of our heart. We want to hide it in our heart. Amen. Because why? There's some promises inside this book. There's some benefits that's inside this book. There's some doors that needs to be opened inside this book. And there are some doors that need to be closed inside this book. But unless you and I read it and study it and have an ear for it and a heart for it, God will allow us with that free moral agency called the will to just try to work out our own salvation in our own conscience, in our own way. Or we can come to that place of reality saying there is a book, there is a word. You know how to prove the book? Test and prove. Just start obeying it. Just to start applying it. How do you know medicine works? Because the doctor says it works. <laughs> well, you know, there's some remedies we used to have would still be around. But thank God some of them's not. Sometime at the house, it's hard to get some of them. Man, they hate taking medicine at the house. I don't blame them. I don't blame them a bit. I'm not a big medicine taker. You can probably put in your hands all my life. I'm not, I'm just telling you. And I'm facing some of that liquid stuff. You know, a lot of people, you know, they like to, they, I've heard, they not quill on a regular basis to sleep. When's the last time you tasted that mess? Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, I was battling with a little congestion and all that, so my wife said, hey, we're going to jump on this, and she gave me some NyQuil. I'd watched Anna and Rosalie end up fits in a fit, and I mean, it's almost a knockdown drag out. Before I got through with it, I had a little more compassion. I said, I don't blame them babies. Good gracious. I had took any so long. I put that stuff in my mouth, tried to swallow it. It liked to not have made it. And it liked to not have stayed. Good gracious. The next day I said, you know what? I ain't trying no more of this. <laughs> that bottle's still right where it's at and just as much as in it. Now you do what you want to. But you know what? I said, Jesus... Taste and see, and you know what? You taste pretty good. <laughs> You're a whole lot better than NyQuil. <laughs> so we just got to trust you and let you do the work for us. And we just, you know. But I'll tell you, that stuff ain't what everybody says it is. Yeah. That's the same way we're drinking. I never, you know. I drank a few beers in my time. Just to be sociable. <laughs> they tell me, well, you got your acquired taste. No, you got to acquire no taste to drink that stuff. I mean, it looks like, have you ever really looked at it? What you pour into a bottle? Hmm. Anyway, I shouldn't get on all that, but I'm just telling you. There's a lot of things out there that if you listen to the world, 
They say it's attractive. They say, man, it, it's the best thing you've ever experienced. But I beg the difference with them. You ought to come and get involved in a Holy Ghost moving power service. You ought to come and taste and see that the Lord is good at all times. You ought to come with the assurance and with the promises that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And that he holds the promises and the benefits. And God, you've got to see them, amen, come to, come to fruition in my own personal life because I belong to you. I sold out. Bought the truth and it's not for sale. Man, been bought with a price. What a price was paid for us. Kingdom's values. Kingdom values. What's this kingdom mean to us? What does it mean to be a part of this kingdom? What does it mean to have the revelation how to enter into this kingdom? How to be associated with it? And, and, and how far are we willing to go to protect it? To keep it. Kingdom values. I believe everyone in here would agree with me this morning. If you've experienced the Holy Ghost. The touch of God. And the blessings of the Lord. In whatever degree it might be. Maybe you don't even have the Holy Ghost. But you've read enough. Prayed enough. Experienced enough from God to know. Man this is the most valuable thing there is in our lives. And that's really what it's all about. Willing to, to become a part of this kingdom. Amen. To become involved in it. And to allow it to be the ruler of our hearts. Our minds. Our lives. To allow it to be the, the one that has the controls. We're not the pilot. We're the co-pilot. There's only one true pilot. I'm glad to know him by his name, about you. Man, that introduced into this kingdom through baptism into that name. Then being able to use the name. Kingdom values. Our focus first is going to be found in Mark 10, 21 and 22. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. We know this is the, this guy had a lot going for him, didn't he? Scripture said he was young. Scripture said that he was rich. Got some things going for him. He's apparently uh, got some things going in the right direction, especially as the world would measure him and look at him. They would behold him and say, man, this guy's got it together. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, one thing thou lackest, go thy way. That's up to him. Sell whatsoever thou hast, and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up thy cross, or the cross, and follow me. And he was sad. I don't want us to leave sad today. I don't want us to leave with regret today. But he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. For he had great possessions. Now, just what these possessions were, 
Now let me just throw a few things in right here. How many of you ever been accused of being rich? How many of you have ever made the statement, if they just only knew? <laughs> Everybody's got a different definition of being rich and great. They often call at the hardware store and, hey, have y'all got some two-by-fours eight foot long? Yeah, we got some. Have you got a bunch of them? It's according to your definition, a bunch. If you're talking about two or four, oh, we got, we got plenty of, got three or four of them, yeah. You talking about three or four thousand? No, we don't have three or four thousand. It's just your definition of a bunch. Whether or not we can accommodate what you're asking for. Hallelujah. But Jesus, a man's writings and words as he's dealing with this young man, makes it clear that he had some great possessions. How many wants great possessions? Amen. Hallelujah. How many wants your possessions to own you? Well, there's the deal, isn't it? Amen. We're going to talk, man. We're we, we going to, I don't know, we'll see how much we stay with the lesson, go around it, and there's a lot in it. I'll be honest with you. There's, there's no problem with teaching two or three hours on this lesson today. Actually, Matthew, Mark, and Luke covers about 42 verses on this same uh, episode that took out, that played out. And so we're going to look at all of them. Amen. I think it was Matthew and uh, Mark man, had about 15 verses apiece and then Luke had about 30, 31 verses that deals with the same encounter of what unfolds and there's a lot to be learned from this now we pick him back off of last week's lesson that uh, you know for nobody to be overlooked it is not God's will that for any to perish but it's God's will that all might be saved but God's not going to change the plan of salvation to save nobody Man, we've got to come God's way, or we're not going to come. We're not going to encounter. We're not even going to get to be involved in it. He makes that clear. Notice that this guy was also called a young ruler of the synagogues, of the Sanhedrins, of what? Not sure. It don't go to expound upon that. Now, we know Nicodemus was. We know that Nicodemus was a ruler, a Jewish ruler, a man of the Sanhedrins of that court. But he came to Jesus by night, and it didn't take long Jesus long, amen, to introduce unto him, amen, how to enter the kingdom. Because the topic, amen, of this young man is all about eternal life. It's all about to inherit eternal life, amen, to see questions. And two of the writers calls it an inheritance. Amen. To inherit eternal life and to have a kingdom. When you begin to talk about a kingdom itself, to have a kingdom, there must be a king. Must be a king. Now, we, we don't operate our nation like that, but um, there are nations that do that. And they have kingships and royal families, and there's no voting or anything of that nature. Man, it's that process is going to drop down to the next ones that meets the requirements and the training and things of that nature. And so we, we ought to have a little understanding. You can go into the Word of God and you can see in the Old Testament it begins to talk about kings and this idea. It was the Ammonites and Moabites and the Egyptians and all of those that didn't follow God and seek after God or bow to worship God but had all these other gods was the ones that helped start or, or, on the earth. Amen. 
command about this kingship. And it impacted even the Israelites to a point in place they had came to Samuel and requested, amen, for a king. We want to be like all the other nations. You know what's amazing to me, and I don't want to get politics into this, but, you know, people want to come from other countries and change this country to be like the country they come out of. Well, why yours are so great, why would you leave it? And we sure don't want to run ours like they're running theirs. Apparently, it's a failure. <laughs> I'm not saying ours is the best all the way around. Ours has got a pretty good, got a pretty good method. We just got some, some corrupt people involved in it. Okay? And that's true in everything. And all the settings and every, whatever, you know, we can't a part of. You get involved, man. You're going to, you know, that's going to happen. But anyway, so king. So we understand that even cured that um, with Samuel and how it broke his heart. And God had to speak to him and let him know they didn't reject you. They rejected me to be their king because God was their king. Amen. But at this time, using Samuel and the men of God, the voice of God, to lead and guide and direct them and protect them and fight their battles and, and make provision for them. And he approved himself. No, you know, but, but here they had come to that point in place. And, but we know as you go into the New Testament, there's coming one, a king. Amen. The Bible calls him the king of kings and lord of lords. And we know him through Jesus Christ, the name Jesus. Christ, the anointed one. We become the, his sons and we become his followers and his disciples. Why? Because we're introduced into a kingdom. A man. We're born into it. A man. We, we didn't, we wasn't just, you know, just a certain group. It wasn't, you know, like the Hebrews thought, a man, that it's going to just be them. And they'd never been in bondage to no man. But they didn't miss the revelation of the purpose of Jesus Christ coming to tear down the wall to make whosoever will to be a part of this kingdom. And so now Jesus Christ is impacting a man in three and a half years. He's impacting his, his region and the places he's going. And, and not sure exactly where this young man come from all together but most believe on the way it's called actually if you do a little study on it it's the highway and the highway amen amen it leads to Jerusalem it's just before the Passover many believe that the road had done become crowded now as they was making their way including Jesus Christ making his way to Jerusalem and so from this setting of this place this young man comes running unto Jesus and very anxious and, and very very rushing and and but he recognized Jesus amen and who he was and so he he poses this question question to him and he begins to question him a man uh, about some things and so we're going to start breaking some of it down and looking into it and just observe what really is unfolding here because no doubt this man by the judgment of his time a man kind of like Saul that became Paul a man he had uh, from his from his point of view at least can I put it that way because to his judgment he had kept them from being from his youth these were the commandments the commandments that had been given unto the Israelites. And, and so even as Jesus responds unto him about his condition and what it's going to take. What's it going to take a man to inherit eternal life? What's it going to take a man to be a part of that? And that's very important. In fact, that's the most important thing even here today. For you and I, the most important thing is how to enter to this kingdom. How to become a part of this kingdom. Because if you tried to come, Jesus Christ himself said, if you try to come any other way, 
way. Besides him, you're going to be a thief and a robber. You're not going to be a part of the kingdom. You're not going to be a part of eternal life. You're not going to be a part of that. And that's what we're all looking for. You know, we can talk about possessions and we can talk about riches. But the bottom line, the reason you and I have gathered here this morning is because we're looking for a better life. We're looking for an eternity. We're looking for a glorified body. We're looking for the benefits that we've read in this book that's laid up for us as an inheritance. We didn't earn it. Amen. But we was born into it. Daddy's just going to give it to us. Daddy's going to hand it over to us. Amen. Because that's how the kingdomship really works. Amen. You're that inheritance that you receive it as an inheritance. Amen. And thank God I'm glad I've been born again. I know more than just an earthly father, but I got a heavenly father. And for him to be a heavenly father and call him my father, I got to be born, amen, by him. He's got to become my biological father through the spiritual realm. Thank God for this thing. It's not something you and I should never take with granted. Any time there's a solemn gather together where he taught us, Jesus said, well, two or three gather in his name said, I'm in the midst. But I think it's even more important, though, that a place has been dedicated. A time that has been set aside. And the whole purpose is to gather in his presence to, for his touch, to hear his voice. To receive his instructions and guidance in life. I know the world that we're living in, the times we're living, the house of God, the church, and preaching even. And then even the ministry and the five-fold ministry has been downplayed by our country and by Hollywood. But they're pay. They're paying now. Because now we're raising up generations that don't know anything about church. They don't know anything about fearing God. And we'll tell you something. If you don't have no fear of God, you don't have no fear of nothing. It is the beginning of wisdom. To come to that conclusion that I'm going to have to give an account for the words and deeds that's done in this body. I'm going to have to give an account for the actions that I take. And the direction that I go in. And so, as we watch this, this is the kingdom, the values of this kingdom. There's no way that we can cover it all this morning. All the different avenues and directions and being a part of this kingdom. Amen. To, to be associated with it, to be involved in it. We're, we're so blessed to just have this opportunity. So, truth about God, God's kingdom. Is about giving and serving, not buying and having. Amen. Well, that's true. But to have, you got to. To have, you got to receive. Paul himself made it clear. What I'm giving to you, I didn't receive. I mean, I didn't have. It wasn't mine. It was given to me. It's given to me. I received it. I didn't have it of my own powers, my own ability. The revelations, the insight. Understand one of the most valuable things of this kingdom is a true revelation of the kingdom. And how to enter the kingdom. It's a revelation. It's an experience. Pentecost is not a religion. Religion comes from man. Forms of religion. That's the reason you've got so many out there. 
And everybody, now, now listen to me, of, under Christianity is claiming the same kingdom. But I don't know any kingdom that's got multiple ways of getting into it and being associated and a part of it. Having one king, having one Lord, having one spirit to instruct us and guide us in limitations of what's pleasing and not pleasing. That's the reason this word will not contradict itself. That's the reason if you and I will just take the word of God and, and open our hearts up, our minds, and take the time to read it, to study it. I'm telling you, the Bible says we're begotten by it. But I find it just as important this morning to be kept by it. Because now we're living in a world with technology, with so many voices out there with the touch of a finger, to be exposed to so many voices and ideas and opinions and theories and things of that nature. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm a little concerned even among us of just how far someone wants to get out there possibly a man with ideas and theories. <laughs> Let's just go back to the book. Let's just go back and preach the basics. Let's just go back to what we know without waver. That's the same way with this young man. We can read all different kind of things about this young man. But the safest thing to do is to just what the Bible's revealed to us about him, where he's come from, what his agenda is. And there's some things that we can notice about this young man. Now, remember the one verse that was took last week because it's not the Lord's will that any would perish. But Jesus, behold him. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's writers, both Matthew, Mark, and Luke. How long did he behold him? How long did he look into his eyes? How long was that? Come on, we know the looks. We know the looks from moms and dads at times. Well, I better not do that again. Or the compassion. If you're sick or in need and want. Especially, especially if it was really beyond their reach. And that, that countenance. The countenance. Don't un ever, ever underestimate the countenance. Even as you walk into this place today. God can tell by our countenance if we're hungry or not. God can tell by our countenance if we're thirsty. That we're really here because he promised to be here. If we're really here because we want to be a part of the kingdom. And we want to be involved in the kingdom. And we want to do everything we can to enhance it. And, and to be a blessing to it. This is where that... Givens, serving and giving. We're part of an, all, an awesome kingdom. We really are. But we got to be willing to give to this kingdom. Got to be willing to sacrifice toward this kingdom. To be a part of it. And so, as we, we began to go through some of these scriptures here today... And uh, we begin to understand value, things that are treasured, things that something is very valuable to you. You don't just leave it laying out. 
You don't leave hundreds of dollars just laying around. Unless they're fake. You don't leave certain items that you have inherited from families. I got my dad's shotgun. You don't have enough money to buy it. And so if a thief come in the house, he could take, there's two guns, it's probably, it's the, well, they're all precious. I ain't got but four or five all together. That's pistols and guns and rifles and all together. I, I'm not a collector. I mean, can't shoot but one at a time, so I'm not a collector. If you are, that's fine. I didn't want to, I'm just saying. So, you know, he probably, he's wasting his time in a sense. But anyway. But another one of those would be the one that Brother McCain gave me. Gave me a 30 out 6 just a few months prior to his passing. It's precious to me. It, it means a lot. Amen. And it's, it's not a gun. That, you know, it's, it's elaborate. You know, the first shotgun that my dad bought me. It's very precious. He gave it to me when I was only, because my brother followed so close behind me. We all started at 10. Started out with a 410. It was handed down to each one. And then Daddy would buy everybody a 12-gauge, one. We got one bicycle and one, one, one gun. Amen, that's what we got. So we took care of what we got because there wasn't going to be another. That, that'll help. That'll preach. That's the reason some people take care of what God blesses you with. He'll bless you with something else. But if you mishandle it, guess what? He don't owe you nothing else. That's both in the spiritual and material realms, too. God blesses you with a fine automobile and you take it and tear it up and rim, run and do. And Oh, I should have left all that alone, huh? God blesses us. All of it works hand in hand and it works together. God blesses us with families, families of this church. And if we'll value one another and care for one another and respect one another, God will give us more families. But if we don't respect and care for one another and what we got, you know. Well, I fix to say something harsh and, in, in a way. <laughs> Can I say this? I, I'm probably going to get in trouble. But our government, I believe in helping people. I believe in helping teenagers. I, I believe in when they mess up. And, but when they start having two and three and four kids, fix them. I'm telling you, you're bringing precious little bodies into this world that are souls inside that earthen vessel. And the chances are very, very limited. And so, our Heavenly Father, as our provider, He's not limited. Understand that. Now, folks... Gold and silver and oil and, and precious man, money's no big deal for God. God can speak a thousand dollars in your bill before He gets ready to. You know how often He does? I don't know. I know we sent Peter to go go pay taxes. He sent him fishing. Now he didn't catch enough fish to take home to eat dinner. He didn't even take the fish home. He just opened his mouth and got the corn. <laughs> so we know that God will supply our needs. He promised us He'd give us the desires of our heart. Okay? And so the real key of all of this 
is the heart's condition. The reason why I'm here. What am I after? What am I willing to, what, when I receive, what am I willing to release? Because this rich, young ruler, that at this point in his life, would, most would consider successful. But he comes to Jesus and he asks a question about attaining eternal life. And the Lord speaks unto him. Now, Matthew helps us out with this. Mark and Luke stops whenever, because Jesus responds to him, he says, uh, keep thy commandments. And Jesus begins to start giving those commandments. If you'll notice with Matthew, Matthew added one that Mark and Luke didn't address. But he says, and love thy neighbor as thyself. He speaks to this young ruler with great possessions. Let me ask you something. When we read of the parable, and some says it's not, I'll, I'll leave that up to you. I'm going to do like Brother Booker says about Revelation, it'll pan out. <laughs> okay? But the rich young, the rich man... You had one that was poor in Lazarus, and you had the rich. Okay. All accounts, the rich man act like he never saw Lazarus. Never saw him. Because sometimes, now listen to what I'm fixing to say. We become so possessed with attaining and trying to attain our possessions that we don't see nothing about the kingdom of God. All we can ever see is our own selves. And how that we're mistreated. And how that we're overlooked. How many of you believe that God won't overlook not one single person? Everything in this house should have raised their hands and said, that's right. God's the all-seeing eye. He doesn't miss a thing. He's not going to overlook one good deed right down to a cup of water. Okay. But the whole drive of this is, it's who are you doing it for? You got any scriptures of this? Yes. Let's go to Matthew again. Let's go to the time where they're brought before the Lord. And he's talking about the judgment. And uh, you, the sheep are brought in. And uh, as he talks to them, and he, he's, he, he's going to let them come and sit on the right-hand side. He, but here's the reason why. He said, because when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was thirsty, amen, you gave me your drink. And when I was in prison, you came and visited me. When I was sick, you came and visited me. What was their response? Lord, we never saw you like that. We never seen you in that. Con well, what are you talking about? He said, as you've done it unto one of the least. You've done it as unto me. The next group is right the opposite. Huh. Because their possessions, their, I'm telling you this lesson is long. Their possessions, man, they, that's the reason we have to be careful. Mine. What do you have to teach them, little toddlers? Sometimes it do us good to practice what we're instructing others, wouldn't it? 
<laughs> okay, that didn't go. I'm sorry. <laughs> Share. Why? God blessed me with it. God's blessed me with a talent. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. People that can speak and sing and got talents and ability and things come to them in a real natural way and especially if it's not with a whole lot of labor and folks, that can be, you know, you know you're not going to call me to be a mechanic for you. I, I, I'm just not a mechanic. Man, I'm not mechanical minded. Man, I don't see how all that stuff works. All I know to do is get in there and crank it up and put it in. I, I do know whenever that, that, that one gauge starts toward E, you better stop and put some gas in it. Okay? There's a few things I've learned along the journey. But if you wanted somebody to take a motor apart and do all this other stuff, you're talking to the wrong guy. Are you understand what I'm trying to say here? But there's some people, I've heard them tell it, and I, I just have to take their word. They tell them the truth. I've heard some say it right up in that hardware store back in some of the older days. There were certain guys could walk up there, and just by listening to it, they would actually take a wood handle sometimes and stick it to that motor listen to it. They could tell you exactly which one, amen, which lifter was doing this and which piston was doing that. And they could tell you everything about it. They didn't need no, 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 no uh, computers and things of this nature to tell them what all to do. They was gifted. Okay, that's the point I'm trying to make. That's the same way with us and whatever it might be. We're gifted. Watch this. There's, there, this is increase with, with computers and with technology and things of this nature. It's, it's increased. You don't want me to help you with a computer. I had a guy coming to the store the other day. He said, I don't know how to turn it on and off. He said, I can unplug it. He said, I can plug it in. But that won't get it on. But anyway, once he unplugs it, he won't get it back on. It's going to take more than plugging it in, okay? There is some on buttons. But anyway, again, you understanding? Singing, ministering, home Bible studies, all of these things. Amen. You're gifted. Your talents. You've got abilities. And all of it's really for the kingdom of God. I preached on this a little bit here a while back, remember? What about some of these folks that's left raised in apostolic movements? Some of the greatest world entertainers has came out of the church and sold themselves out to the entertainment world for possessions and for money. Okay. So, we, we in a sense, we got right the opposite coming here. I don't know how much of this young man that was... He had just received and how much of just good planning and good decisions. On the, the Bible don't tell us all that. We just know he has great possessions. As in when he came to the Lord and he questions him about his condition. And, and Mark and Luke addresses him that Jesus says after beholding him and loving him. And I believe he spent a little time there to assure him, hey, I love you. But now you came asking me, but thou lackest one thing. But Matthew put it just a little different. The young man responds to Jesus, What lacketh I? So that's helping us to understand that, that, that this rich young ruler, 
Now that's, that's, boy, that's good, isn't it? Everybody wants to be rich. They want to be young and stay young. They spend billions and millions of dollars upon these vessels trying again to live for, you know. But they're still going to die. They're going to go back to the dust. And the right arrangements had been made. They're going to wind up in eternity, amen, either with God or in hell. And that's the only two places, amen. So here, you know, that's a powerful ingredient to, to possess and to hold on to and to value. That's really important what you eat and what you drink and how you, how you live your life. If you like youth, you can't eat five gallons of ice cream a day and keep it. <laughs> okay? You can't, you, can't, you can't inject into this earthen body. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this thing can go somewhere. I know we're living in a world that people can do and, and you know, they're their own. <laughs> It's their body. They can do what they want to. It is not your own body. You didn't make it. You didn't create it. You wouldn't be here if there was not a God. Start with. But this God was willing to buy it back after he created it. But not just the body, but the soul, and the mind, and the spirit. It all belongs to his possession. His control. If he's going to be king now, if he's going to be the Lord, the Bible says I can't even call him Lord without the Holy Ghost. Oh boy. <laughs> and so he makes this statement. Here's the point I'm trying to make. So apparently the young guy knew that, hey, there's still something missing. What lack of thought? For eternal life. I've I've kept these from my youth. But what lacketh I? I want eternal life. Folks, it's very important that you and I take the time to make sure that we examine our lives, our hearts, our minds. Don't wait till there's a brush with death and then all of a sudden we're going to start getting... No, it would pay us every day. God, check me out. I want to know you. I want to have fellowship with you. I want the value of your kingdom and your will in my life is more important than any position. It's more important than influencing anybody else. It's more important than anything else that I'm going to do today, God. I want to make sure I keep your kingdom. In its right perspectives. In its right place. Jesus makes it real plain to us. Writer talks about it basically at the end of the lesson. I believe it's Mark the 8th chapter. About the 36th verse. And he talks about the kingdom. He talks about a man. If a man gains the whole world. And lose his soul. What has he gained? And so. The real key of all of this is, is the possessions. Because when this young man heard the response of Jesus and told him, he said, go and sell what thou hast and give it to the poor and come and follow after me and thou shalt obtain eternal life. Now the Lord addressed this. Amen. That the last is going to be first and the first it's going to be last. You can't serve two masters. 
You can't serve two kingdoms. You can't walk after two voices. No. The value of this kingdom. To know him. To know his voice. To know his heartbeat. To know his calling and election upon our lives. I preached here what it's been a year or so ago. And I talked about a gentleman that could come into my presence. And up in age. And he still didn't know what God wanted him to do. From all accounts, supposedly I've been a Christian all of his life. But God's left me here for some reason. I'm going to tell you something. God knows where to put us in this kingdom. And Paul puts it as body. Putting us to work and labor to fulfill that. Some of you have really picked up on this because you're beginning to help people in this community. And it may be just some mechanical thing or some home improvement. Or Don't underestimate how far that goes in the kingdom of God. Especially when you're doing it and it's not for the dollar. And it's all about showing the love of God and the power of that love and that somebody cares and that God cares especially when you bless people that there's no way they can bless you scripture talks about that it's one thing to to help those that can help you down the road that's going to hold positions and places and Man, I got to I got to buddy up with this, and I got to make friendship with this, and I got to. Oh, go back to last week's lesson. It's God's business to to reach out to all, and so that's where you and I play such an important role, that we won't allow our possessions to possess us, to control us, that we won't just harbor and just lay them up, and it's all about me. What's the real deal about possessions? Well, y'all looking at me like, man, I'm... You know what? You know what the real, you know what the real deal about them are? Control. How many likes control? How many likes to control your life? How many of you like to control other people's lives? How many would you like to control somebody else's life? <laughs> ah. But a lot of time, possessions hand you a lot of control or power or authority. Okay? But to really to get into the true kingdom... Of Jesus Christ. You got to surrender all control. You got to surrender. I submit. Whatever the call. Whatever the election. Wherever you want me to go God. Whatever sacrifices you want me to make. Whatever you want me to lay aside. The writer talks about it. To a certain degree. 
even right here in this, this, this country, back in the early 1900s. Now, he doesn't go into all that, but the early 1900s, how that some would forsake homes, families, job opportunities. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not a big fan to, to boast and brag on that, okay, to make big deals out of that. Because there's not a better life to live, a more prosperous life to live than to live for Jesus Christ. All the money in the world is not going to buy you a new glorified body. All the money in the world sometimes can't get you when you've got a sickness in your body. That not, not the first specialist in this world. There's only one, and his name is Jesus. So there's some benefits in living for God. That I'm telling you that money and positions and authority cannot touch. But we're not in this just so we have access or to be exempt from all that. Man, I hope I'm getting across somewhere here today. Because the religious world and televangelists has painted a picture across our nation. If you'll send me 10 bucks, God's going to bless you with 100. If you do this or do that, it's all about a blessed gimmick. And it's all about monetary things. But actually, the kingdom of God comes preaching something. It's totally the opposite. Serving and giving and sacrificing. Willing to do without that others might be blessed. Willing to make investments and Make sacrifices. How many of you, I don't know if Brother McCain ever mentioned this across a pulpit or not, but I know in conversation at times with some, and he's mentioned, but you know how they had some of their, their camp meetings back, back in the day when they first started? Those big events that bring in all those preachers and feed them and feed all those preaching children. You know how they done it? People of the congregation would sell four wheelers trucks <laughs> I'm not out of the Bible because even the Bible talks about how the, the, the giving got a hold of them they sold their possessions and I, I know I know I know we limit that and we say well they wouldn't have done this wouldn't have. Uh, here we go <laughs> here we go if we're not careful we're looking for an escape route but, but watch this. If it's the kingdom of God, like we believe it's the kingdom of God, baby, we're going to make an investment. And we're persuaded there's not a better investment. Let me ask you something. Has anybody ever made an investment it promised a hundredfold? This book did. The God of this book did. He said for anybody that's ever left a father, mother, son, daughter, family, lands, houses, he said, I promise you a hundredfold. That's in the book. Greatest contract that's ever been given to mankind. It's in this book. Here's the problem. Well, I'm not being, I'm just, just, here's how carnal thinks. This is how flesh war against us. We don't really believe that. Mm. You know, kingdom values, okay, Treasures. Let's, let's go for that for a minute. Watch this. Man, I'm, I'm telling you, it's long. Matthew 6. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought of your life, what he shall eat or what he shall drink, 
nor yet for your body what he shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Now, more important than all that is the body. Man is the vessel. Watch him. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? You see, man, I'm fixing to tell something. I didn't want to, but it keeps coming to my mind, so I am. <laughs> Anthony gave me a little red bone puppy two weeks ago this past Wednesday, Tuesday. First night, <laughs> first night, the next morning when I checked on his eye, I left. I hadn't even got here to the church. I've been here maybe 45 minutes, an hour. Brooke sends me a picture and text, hey, that puppy had got hung up. I mean, had it wired down in it through its left like this. Down, I said, oh, man, so Lord have mercy. So I head home. But anyway, but Tony had got up to that time. He'd cut it loose. And, and so I, I've done kind of laid some laws down. I don't let the grandgirls, they're not making a pet out of it. I don't even let them get out of the pen. I don't even know if they know it's there yet. Now, y'all say what you want to about that, but they weren't the last one. But I'm telling them they're not going to do this one. Okay? Y'all see what you want to. But anyway, but uh, so um, the schedule was pretty busy. And so, but anyway, I went out there, I believe it was either Thursday night or Friday night. Hey, the little old head on it, I'm telling you, it was so swelled. It was swelled up like this. It was swelled. It was swelled hanging way down here. So I said, well, I'm going to pray about this. I said, God, I'm going to trust you. I, I didn't even tell nobody in the house because I knew what that would be. <laughs> I'd have been a fight on, buddy. If my wife and Brooke found out, I, I'd, have, I'd have just took it with me because they'd have loaded up and took it to the vet. But anyway, uh, I said, no, I'm going to trust God. I said, you know what? Somebody's got to start stepping out. I mean, this, this dog's a little precious to me. One reason because Anthony gave it to me. So it just, it's just got a little precious already, immediately. I'm talking about immediately it did. And then maybe, you know, I had to be careful of that because here's the possession. But anyway, I said, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you. I went back out there Saturday morning. And I said, you know, I thought about, hey, if it's worse or whatever, I'm going to take it to the vet. And, but I got there, I said, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe <laughs> And, uh, uh, and I did. I prayed for it. And I just rubbed on. I said, in Jesus' name. I said, God, you can bless this little thing. You can, you can live. I said, and, and the old devil's pumping. He said, hey, keep swelling. It ain't going to be able to breathe. It's going to do this. I said, but in Jesus, man, it's going to be all right. I'm going to fight this battle, man. I'm going to win. And so anyway, I, didn't, I wasn't saying nothing about the puppy. Nobody in the house. I wouldn't even mention. I wouldn't even bring it up. And so Brooke, uh, I believe it was either Saturday night or one time there, she looks at me. She says, how's Rose? I named it Rose. And, and I just kind of looked at her. And I just said. I didn't give an answer. I just kind of, you know, she gave me that old weird look, and Tony, he's kind of looking at me weird, and uh, I, didn't, I, I just went on, and, uh, <laughs> you know, because I knew what was going to happen if y'all would have to look at it, and, and so I just went on, and so, you know, thank God, you know what, you know what, and it wasn't about the money. I got the money to take it to the vet, but you know what, there's just there's some promises in this book, and you know what, I told God, I said, God, if I can believe you for this little puppy, there's some other things I can believe you for, but somebody's got to step out. Somebody's got to be willing to take the chance. Somebody's got to be willing, you know what, God, I'm going to take the risk and put my foot out here and step out. Not everybody get out of the boat with Peter, but at least Peter did get out and he walked on the water. I don't have far, but at least he got out of the boat. So that's the same way with possessions. You know, we can, we can, you know, we can always, here's the key. The greatest possession you ever going to make is right here. I, I'm going I'm I'm to preach and teach on the finances one day. One of these Wednesday nights, and uh, uh, what's it? Tithes, 
belong to God. You and I have not done one thing paying tithes except obey God. How many of you listened to Brother Fultz? You know, last one, the last, what he said about Ananias Sapphira. Anyway. But if you want the blessings of God, it's in the offering, not the tithing. The tithe already belongs to God. And if you hold it up and you hold it, you're stealing from God, not from me. You're robbing from God. But see, a lot of people don't believe that. But it's still true anyway. It's still true. Okay? But the real blessings is in the offering. And, and you and I have the choice to where we want to put those offerings in the kingdom of God, in the service of God. But that's where the blessings come. Now, you got to pay tithes. you got to do that obedient part. But if you want blessings, it's in that giving. Okay, why? I'm not going to let money control me. Watch this. And I know it's not money, right? Paul's writing to Timothy. What do he say? What's, what's the problem? The love of money. Why, do we, why would we even love money? Why do we want money? So we can buy possessions. I mean, we don't get $100 bills and just stack them up and put them on a coffee table so we can look at them. We don't get $100 bills and put them in picture frames and hang them on the wall. If you do, I need to come see you. <laughs> we don't. Possessions. Money, amen, buys possessions, buys lands, and buys automobiles, and sends us on trips, and we get to enjoy things, and things of that nature. <laughs> amen. We can buy the new gadgets, and the new toys, and so possessions. Because that's what this is all about. And so this young ruler... He wasn't willing to let go of his possessions, even though he's asking the very one, the door, the gate to eternal life. And he was informing him what he lacked. Thou lackest one thing, one thing, just one thing. He didn't realize if he'd have just obeyed him, followed through with him, what he could. And the Bible says he turns and walks away sorrowful. Now, watch this. <laughs> he wasn't the only one that was surprised there that day. The disciples were too. Ones that been walking with Jesus. The Bible says they was astonished. They was astounded. They was bewildered. They was, they was caught off guard. Man, they was shocked. Well, who in the world could be saved then? Go back and read it. It's there. You know what they was thinking? Now, wait a minute. This rich, young ruler that had kept all the commandments, had dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's, done everything that we know of as a man to be saved, and he can't be. But Jesus makes it clear to him. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now, we know the Scriptures have taught us it's a very difficult and it's going to be a hard thing for the rich to be saved. Did you know that everybody in this house is rich this morning? According to the third world. I will never forget a meeting I went to 
and this is years ago, probably 25 years ago. There was a guy there, and um, anyway, he was he was just, he he enlightened us on some of that. He asked all of us, and there wasn't nobody but preachers there. He said, "How many of you got two pairs of shoes? How many pairs? You know, a couple of suits, and got a car, and got food to eat." He said, "You got more than two thirds of the world." He said, two thirds of the world don't even own two pairs of shoes. One thing after another. Amen. So, when you begin to start putting it, because how many of you claim to be rich in here? And I'm not talking about the kingdom of God, I'm talking about. But by their view and by the financial world, look yourself, you don't believe me. We're rich. Rich. And so, we're, we're part of that, if we're not careful, that Laodicean church. We follow in that bracket. Rich have need of nothing because we have used money. We get sick, and I'm not preaching against doctors here. But just going to them without praying, the chances are not near as good. (laughs) If you're just depending on, no, we're going to depend on praying. We're going to depend on calling and crying out and reaching out for God. To help us because there's some things, unless God helps us, there's some circumstances and situations, unless God helps us, we're not going to overcome it. You know why there's such a nerve problem with America today? We got too many options. When's the last time you walked up to something? You just said, Man, you just had two or three options. You said, Praise God, amen. I've been better off than one. Anybody struggle over what you're going to wear to church this morning? When did I wear that one last? Six months ago? When, if you'll take about three quarters of them out of the closet, get you about three good ones, you won't have to worry about that every morning, man. You could take them extra 30 minutes, amen, and come to the house of God and pray instead of worrying about fussing over. Because I'm not here to impress anybody, and you're not here to impress anybody. So we're not impressing anybody what we got on or who we are. We come, amen, for the kingdom of God. And so sometimes we got to get our priorities because that's really what it's all about. Priorities, amen, of what's going to dictate and what's going to control and what's going to rule in my life, what I'm going to yield myself, what I'm going to give myself. And you and I both know by the word of God the greatest thing that we can give ourselves to is a form voice of God to the Holy Ghost and to the kingdom of God the greatest investments we're going to make is what we make the investments we make into this kingdom it's got the greatest benefits there's nobody can touch it nobody I know my time's up let's stand praise God it's as I didn't get him get to this the treasures Matthew 12 behold there was a man which had his hand withered his time and better the sheep I'm gonna go for that one Amen. Then Matthew 6 talks about, for where your treasure is, there is your heart also. Matthew 12 and 35 says, a good man out of a good treasure of a heart bringeth good things. Matthew 13 and 44 says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. (laughs) Treasure, valuable. The values of this kingdom is a treasure. But here's the key. We got to buy the field. You gotta, you gotta be willing to buy everything that's in the field that comes along with the treasure. I want it all, God. And wherever you want to lead me, whatever sacrifices you want me to make, whatever commitments you want me to make, I want to make them. 
not just in not just in money, but with my talents, with my I was going to mention this one. What's this? What's one thing that it doesn't matter how rich you are or how poor you are. Everybody has the same amount every single day. Time. Time. Time is one of the most precious things that you can give to the kingdom of God and to one another as a servant. I'm going to take out time for somebody else. Take out time to pray for them. I'm going to take out time to, to maybe go do something, whatever it might be. As God leads us, as God directs us, folks, it's nothing more beautiful. There's no, nothing more satisfying to the soul. Are you hear what I'm saying? The young man wasn't still satisfied. He wasn't, he wasn't complete. He knew there was a voidness. That's the reason he came to Jesus Christ. All of this still hadn't brought the satisfaction that I'm looking for. It's in serving Jesus, serving the kingdom. There's something about, and, and, and you know what? Sometimes it could be something just so minute and so small. But brings such satisfaction that what you've done was unto the Lord and to someone else. So hopefully something's been said here this morning and addressed in a way that, uh, that you, you, can, you can understand what, what's really going on and what's really unfolding here and taking place. Amen. That, that we can be because, you know, Jesus' response according to Matthew's writings in Matthew 19, 21 said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect... Go and sail. If I will be perfect, go and sail. Hallelujah. I want to sail what God wants me to sail. I want to give what God wants me to give. God help us. Time's running out. Time's running out. It's a time to get ready. It's a time to stay ready. I thought about the song we started out with this morning. I settled it a long time ago. But let's be careful with that. We don't believe once saved, always saved. <laughs> I'm not saying that about the song. What I am saying, we can get the attitude and the spirit like, hey, I settled that a long time ago. I spoke in tongues a long time ago. I had a move of God a long time ago. What about today? What about now? Because the writers told us, he said, if we have sinned, confess. Thank God for that a long time ago, but I still need a cleansing and a washing and a visitation Amen. I want to give. I want to make the sacrifices. The sacrifices that God would have us to make. The commitments that God would have us to make. Given time and whatever it might be. For the kingdom of God and unto you. And to each one of you. To love, to cherish, to uphold. You know why? I want us to win this race. I want us to win. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Appreciate you today. We're so thankful for the word of God and the power it has within our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. We ask for your special touch and anointing upon every vessel in this house today. We're thankful God for each individual that's represented here this morning. The love of God, the love of truth that's in the hearts and the souls of each one of us. Help us God to walk amen, in the way that you'd have us to walk. Help us make the commitments and the sacrifices unto the kingdom of God to see the things come to pass that glorifies your name, that gives 
gives you honor. Help us be a giving people, a people that's willing to sacrifice, a people that's willing to give. Whatever it might be, regardless of how small or great, we would give it as unto you in that wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Appreciate you. Church time, 5.30 prayer time, 6 o'clock service time, 4.30 practice for the praise singers. All right? God bless you.